episode 151 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, joined by Paul Herman. How you doing, Paul? I am uh, very well. Very, very well. I feel stuffed of eating caramel corn from Garrett's that Chris Klaus sent me for my birthday. And uh, yeah, have you ever had Garrett's uh, caramel corn? I don't know that I have. I mean, I've had plenty of different brands of caramel corn, I'm sure. I don't know if I've ever had that one specifically. So, yeah, Garrett's is, uh, it's good. I, for, I've always liked caramel corn, but for whatever reason, I'm, like, really into it right now, and I've just been eating it like crazy, and Chris uh, Chris Clow, our, our good friend, was like, I'll, I'll save you some from Garrett's. Garrett's is so good. I'm like, ah, whatever, and he sent me a, a thing, and it's really good, not gonna lie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Chris, thank you for that present for my birthday. I really appreciate it. So, yeah, I'm stuffed on Garrett's and ready to talk about some Marvel stuff. Oh, I have had that. Oh, excellent. I'm, it's very I'm good. At it right, yeah, I'm looking at packaging right now. I have had that, and it is very good. Well, anything to give you a little break from the gummy bears. So, but oh, I'm actually, sure those oh, I, I still had yeah. those right afterwards. Don't worry, I had Pichio. <laughs> gummy bears ain't going nowhere, they're, they're still course. there. So this week we continue our Expanding the Universe series, and for the very first time we talk about a Disney Plus series that Marvel Studios is producing. We're going to be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we did Black Widow last week, and as I mentioned, that show was going to be a little bit different than the rest of these because it didn't have to be, I mean, we speculated plenty, but it didn't have to be quite as theoretical because we had actual footage to discuss. We don't really have footage from the Falcon and Winter Soldier to discuss, so we just have to take what we know and try and figure out what we think is actually what we're going to see or at least what we want to see in the upcoming Disney Plus series that will premiere on the streaming service in the fall of this year. But before we talk about the things we know about the Falcon Winter Soldier so far, Paul, let's just talk about this new milestone, this new frontier for Marvel Studios because this is something brand new for them. Yes, there have been Marvel television shows over the past several years, but this is the first small screen series that's being produced by Marvel Studios completely. I know there were a lot of Marvel mm. Studios people who worked on Agent Carter, and that's why James Dar- or had a, that had a lot to do with James Darcy's uh, Jarvis making it in that cameo in Avengers Endgame. But as far as a full series production, Marvel Studios has never done anything like this before, so this really is something new for them. So your thoughts on Marvel Studios taking this leap from the big screen to the small screen? Well, I think this is... First of all, I want to say I think it's great that they're using such great characters to start off with because you've got Falcon, you've got Winter Soldier, you've got Baron Zemo, three major characters from the Marvel Universe. And it's it's weird to think that Bucky slash Winter Soldier now is a giant character in the MCU or Marvel in general because, again, I always go back to Bucky has always been dead up until... 2005 or 4 or wherever when he got brought back by Ed Brubaker and it's just always surreal for me to think that he is this major character at Marvel now and and will always and will go will be forever at this point and but it's really cool for me because it's Falcon and Baron Zemo that's it's kind of that's what's kind of from the old school comic book fan in me that really is kind of thinks of this as 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 a broader sense is that this is the first MCU thing and it, it's fitting that it's you know these characters that are not the forefront characters, but they're they're substantial characters nonetheless, like with Falcon and, and Baron Zemo and whatnot. So, and Sharon Carter. I mean, we all know she's in this series as well. So, there's a lot to for me that I love that this is the first thing that they're going out with as far. And again, because it's Kevin Feige's first Disney Plus thing, and I think that's what to me gives it the most 
kind of pizzazz is the fact that it's not just a, we obviously had Agent Carter, Agent Carter, Agents of Shield. We had the Netflix shows, which are very you know obviously Daredevil will go down as probably one of the best superhero TV shows ever. And but what, what makes it special, obviously, is the connection to the MCU. But what I, I love about it is the fact that it is a substantial thing because it's the MCU greater continuity official stamped and approved. And it's on Disney Plus, and it's just got a lot going on, and it's got these, again, pretty central comic book characters for me that, again, I always think about as Falcon's always been, you know, he's never gotten his due, I feel, in the comic books. And and now, because of the, of the movies and the success of Endgame and the fact that they're not just going to recast these characters in like, like a Steve Rogers into a different actor because Chris Evans wanted to retire. They're going the different route. They're going the franchise, um, not franchise, excuse me. The legacy. legacy. Yes, thank you. The legacy hero method. And I think that's really interesting because growing up, that's not really what happened with Marvel characters. That's more of a DC Comics thing. And the, now Kevin Feige is, you know, and Marvel has embraced the legacy uh, aspect a lot more in the last, I'd say, 10 years than before. All that being said, I think what's fascinating about this TV series is the fact that because it is it is essentially going to be continuing that legacy vibe and that we're going to see Falcon become Captain America, we all can assume that's going to happen anyway. So it's to me, it's really exciting because it's a, it's a new thing for Marvel altogether, but it's also giving a character like the Falcon and giving him a lot more of the forefront than... Than we, you know, than even his comic book character has ever gotten. There's a lot of different things they're trying out with the show, and the legacy hero uh, mantle is new for Marvel in general. And the fact it's ironic that they're starting a brand new, continuing the continuity of the MCU and a TV show with that character with a new legacy mantle, or potentially going into that. So that's really exciting, and uh, yeah, I think it's a really interesting way to kind of start off the uh, the Disney Plus series. Definitely. I mean, these are two characters that have been very popular with fans, and I just don't think with so with as many characters as Marvel Studios has, and as many as they've now picked up in addition with the with what they already had and then what they picked up with the Fox deal, there's just too many characters to have all of the movie to have everybody get their own movie. And it is this embarrassment of riches that Marvel Studios has with the characters that they have access to that they can tell stories with. And I love that Disney Plus gives them another platform to tell stories and also tell stories that give us, hopefully, and I think this is going to happen because we've heard that the budgets for these shows are ridiculous. And so we're going to get something that's comparable in production value to what we've come to expect from Marvel Studios movies. But also you get that other you get that other piece of it is now you can dive deeper into the stories with these characters that you can spend more time with them and you can focus more on some of the, you can still have a lot of the big action moments, but you can also have some of the smaller moments. And I think with these two characters in particular, there's a lot of value in that for them. And because they are in a, a key moment of transition, which we will certainly talk about as the show goes on. But then just in general for Marvel studios being on Disney plus, I love that this creates opportunities for more characters to have stories that are focused on them. And, and maybe they never would have had that before. They would have just had, they might've had some really great and fascinating supporting turns in various team up films or in another character solo film or things like that, but to have their own stories on Disney plus, and then also have the ability to eventually have their own movies, depending on how things go. Like Kevin Feige's already talked about that. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but it could be Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney plus, And then, 
Sam Wilson, Captain America is a feature film. Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel is starts out on Disney plus and then she shows up in feature films and maybe has her own movie one day. So we have just what I look at, what I see with Disney plus when I look at it, I just see so much possibility. And as far as Marvel studios ability to actually pull this off, I have confidence in them, and I know this is a new thing for them. They haven't had to do this kind of episodic television before, but what they've been doing on the big screen, I don't think it's television, as some people accuse the MCU of being, and they do so in a way that they mean to that they mean negatively. I don't buy into that, but the Marvel films do obviously have episodic qualities to them, and there is a long-form narrative that Marvel Studios works with and that they carried out to pretty much perfection with Avengers Endgame. So their ability to handle that and, and and now have an even longer form narrative with six episodes, whatever the runtimes end up being, if it's an hour or a little less like Mandalorian was, we'll have to see. But I think Marvel Studios is going to be able to be just as successful on Disney Plus as they have been on the big screen. But let's go ahead and recap what we know about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So uh, it's being directed by all six episodes are being directed by Kari Skogland, or maybe it's Carrie Skogland. I can't remember the correct pronunciation on that. Uh, she directed some episodes. Uh, well, she's directed a lot of episodes of a lot of shows. In particular, she directed, I think, a handful of episodes of Handmaid's Tale. For Marvel, uh, Marvel Television, she actually directed the fourth episode of the first season of The Punisher, entitled Resupply. The head writer for The Falcon and Winter Soldier is Malcolm Spellman, who's best known for his work on the Fox series Empire, and then the cast includes Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson slash the Falcon slash maybe we think Captain America. Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier. Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter slash Agent 13. Daniel Brühl as Helmet Zemo. And Wyatt Russell as John Walker, a.k.a. in the comics. They've not confirmed this in uh, verbally, but they did show concept art in the Expanding Universe special on Disney Plus uh, that shows that, yes, John Walker is indeed U.S. agent in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and will appear in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's what we know as far as what we think is going to happen, what we hope will happen. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to say thank you to Bernard Cheng, Matt Romke, or Romke, Jeremy Bong, Blaze, or Bless Smith, sorry if I messed that up, and Dan Nickel. They are some of the latest patrons over at patreon.com slash News, which means they have access to content that is not available anywhere else. It's, it's, it's exclusive audio from this podcast so we do patreon credit scenes where we do an additional conversation on top of these main episodes and for this week we're going to be talking about robert downey jr and his recent comments about his future in the mcu or lack thereof from joe rogan's podcast last week Uh, and then we also have all kinds of other exclusives we have a monday through friday daily news show we also have a patreon exclusive discord community that you can join for just two dollars a month And that's where we're talking Marvel every day with a really great group of fellow fans. And we also do watch parties together. Last week, we did one for Iron Man 2 on Tuesday, January 28th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We're doing another one with the Avengers, and I'll be hosting that. So hopefully you'll join us. So for more information on all of the different tiers we have, as well as our Discord community, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studio. Patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. Sorry, everybody. Can't talk today. So. Paul, let's get into uh, this show yes, and what we think is going to happen with these characters. Let's go ahead and let's start with the guy who got the shield. Let's start with Sam Wilson and where we think he's at mm. uh, mentally, emotionally in this series. And I think 
based on the title of the show, it's pretty clear that he's not just immediately taking the shield from Steve and being like, okay, I'm Captain America now. Clearly that's not happening. Otherwise, they would have completely changed the title. So where do you think Sam is right now mentally? Because obviously there must be some reluctance to take the shield and take on the mantle of Captain America. But I also think that in terms of identity, in terms of his place in the world, in the group of the superheroes, I'm not saying that Sam didn't have bonds with any of the other characters, but Steve was his in to the Avengers. Yeah. And now Steve is gone, not dead, but not in the picture as a, as a regular thing anymore. And, mm. of course, the one guy who he's connected with in this show is a guy he hasn't always gotten along with and Bucky Barnes. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with, uh, with Sam here and how he responds emotionally to all of this to not having steve around anymore as well as uh the mantle of captain america or perhaps as he sees it a burden of that mantle yeah there's a lot to chew on with this and and this is one of the reasons why i love what kevin feige has been able to do with the properties because he takes a lot of these different elements and, and i'm broken record a lot with this podcast i'll say the same things but really this is the genius of Kevin Feige, but what I've said before in the past is that Kevin knows when to take storylines and combine them. And it really feels that this miniseries from, from the characters that they're using and the ideas of what they're doing, it definitely feels like, feels like they're combining so many different storylines from the comic books and putting it into the series. So with all that said, I have, I have a feeling that where Falcon is going to be, in this point and the winter soldier at this point is the fact that they're going to be picking up the pieces of the world around them. And I think that's also going to be fascinating. This is a post end game world. We don't know exactly. We had Spider-Man, but that didn't, he went and left New York immediately after, after he came back. So we didn't, we don't really know what the world is like really re, with, with the Avengers anyway, like with a Falcon and a winter soldier that, really deals with the ramifications of Endgame. So there's a fascination with that already going on. But if the comics are any indication of what happens to Captain America in the mantle and whatnot, look at the Captain America Bucky storyline with Winter Soldier where he took the mantle. And, I, and obviously, I don't think Winter Soldier is going to take the mantle. I think it definitely is going to be the Falcon. Uh, that being said... In the actual comic books, I'm not sure if you've read that storyline yet or, or not, Sean, or it's been a while, but one thing that one of my favorite aspects of the comic book or that storyline is Ed Brubaker, uh, when they when he killed off Captain America and they had Winter Soldier and Sharon Carter and a bunch of other, I think Falcon was there as well, they, they were kind of doing their own thing and they didn't know what was going to happen and they found like a will from Steve Rogers. And I think that... I think Kevin Feige is going to play on this, and I think Chris Evans is going to have a narration in this in the show. So this is what I think is going to happen, something along these lines. So I think there's going to be a narration. I think there's going to be Chris Evans' cameo, some uh, not a cameo, but, like a, again, a voice cameo, if you will, narrating the will or something like that. But in this comic book, uh, Tony Stark is, in, is trying to figure out, you know, his post-Civil War from the comic books, and he's trying to figure out, you know, what to do with, with Steve Rogers. They find this will... And he reads it, and it's, it's to Tony, or it's a letter basically kind of slash will to Tony. And in the letter, it says that it wants Tony to, he wants Tony to find someone that is worthy of taking the mantle of Captain America, right? And then he also tells him in a separate thing, you need to take care of Bucky. 
and you're the only person I know who can do that. Now, I bring that up because in the comic books, this is the genius of Tony Stark from the comics, and I love Tony Stark's character. He says, I'll just combine them. That's what he basically does to like, honor Captain America. Is, is that I'll just going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to make Captain America Bucky, So because, it, it, you know, whatever. And, there's, and the reason I bring that up is because I kind of think that there might be an assumption of like that a little bit. I don't think it's going to be, you know, literally the MCU Steve Rogers telling someone that we want to take care of Bucky or whatever. But I think there's going to be a letter explaining why Captain America needs to live on going forward. Because he probably knows that Sam isn't going to be necessarily, I'll pick up this mantle and do my thing. I, Sam's not like that. Sam very much is his own man. I think that's, I think that's very obvious what we've gotten from the MCU because he's the Falcon. He's, he offers to help them and he's, he's very, he's a very independent person. So he's not, it's not like he's a, they've established him to be like a, like a good soldier and he's going to do what he says, you know, do what he's told. He, he's not like that. He's very much, he does his own thing and, beats to his own drum and, and whatever. So I, I, I really do think that it's going to take something from Steve himself to push Sam out into that. And I think the only way to do that is to have Captain America himself say, no, Sam, I want you to take it. I think the sh- giving him the shield was a great visual moment for us to know where they're going with it. And the this TV series is going to be about him accepting that. And the only way he's going to accept that is basically... Captain America himself, right? You know, some somehow. I'm assuming a letter. That way, Chris doesn't have to show up. I don't think he has to write a letter because, as far as we know, Steve is still alive. I know that everybody else thinks he's dead, but right, the Avengers know what happened to him, or the former yeah. Avengers, whatever they are now. They know what happened to him, and Steve did get to give his actual endorsement in person to Sam. And so, I mean, a letter could happen. A letter could show up. Um, I don't think it would be to, if it is a letter, I think it would be addressed directly to Sam since they've already had the conversation about it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not ruling out a Chris Evans cameo in this. I'm really not because this is not, I mean, even agents of shield got Samuel L. Jackson and that was a Marvel television show. And so if we're looking at the very first season of a Marvel studio show on Disney plus Steve Rogers having a cameo would be a pretty big moment. And I think it could be a thing where obviously whatever Steve said to Sam when he said when Steve or uh, when Sam said that he would do his best and Steve said that's why it's yours and there was that nice little moment but you're right i mean it's not that's not going to immediately take so Sam is probably going to need some additional push and i could see that coming from Steve but i could also potentially see it coming from someone else i mean it might come from Bucky for all we know like why are you doing this like Steve chose you for a reason Maybe the the Steve Rogers cameo is a flashback to a conversation that Steve had with Bucky before Steve went back in time to put back all the Infinity Stones. And Steve explaining why Sam was the guy and Bucky agreeing with that as Steve's choice to where there's no Yeah. There's nothing contentious about it. There's nothing there's not an ounce of Bucky Barnes anywhere in his being who believes that he should have been the guy. There's no jealousy or, or anything like that that he agrees that, that Sam was the right choice and Bucky can either just say that by himself or maybe we can that can be something that Steve Rogers factors into but I'm not I'm definitely not ruling out a, a Steve Rogers cameo as far as where I see Sam Wilson right now I mean I, I think there's a lot that's going on here I mean I mentioned that his connection to the Avengers was primarily through 
Steve Rogers. He has relationships. He's built relationships since then. I mean, he's been in the trenches with a number of these characters, whether it's during the Secret Avengers years or, of course, even after uh, at the end of Age of Ultron, he's a full-blown Avenger. And so in the time between that and Captain America Civil War, I mean, he's been with a lot of these people, although when you think about it, some of the people that he's closest to are not around. Natasha was on that Secret Avenger team, or whatever we're calling them, for with Steve Rogers. She's not around. Uh, Scarlet Witch was on that team. She seems that she's off doing her own thing in WandaVision that we'll learn about. So it is kind of interesting to think how a lot of those characters aren't really uh, aren't really there anymore. So that it's not just Steve. A lot of the other characters or the other heroes that Sam was closest to are, are not there to lean on right now in in this uh, at this time for him. But he does have. Bucky Barnes, and even though they've had kind of this rivalry, I do think at underneath all of that, underneath them always giving each other a hard time, I do think there is a respect because they both respect the hell out of Steve Rogers. So I think there's a part of Sam that says, well, if Steve thinks this guy's okay, he must be okay. And I think Bucky feels the same way about Sam, that if Steve signs off on this guy, that's all that I need. Obviously, this guy is really good. It doesn't mean I have to let him know that I believe he's really good, but I do believe it, and I think that could come to a head in terms of the friendship and the bond between these two characters. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, I mean, Sam's going to be dealing with a lot of stuff. And if we go into the comic books of Sam becoming Captain America, not everybody loved that. Yeah. And, and there were people who didn't love it for exactly the reason that you would worry that some people wouldn't love it. There were people who, you know, and they played that, they played the, on that in the comic books that you had some people who didn't like that Captain America was a black man. That was part of the comic books. That was part of the story uh, that some people didn't feel like that should have been Sam Wilson, even if they weren't saying it for those reasons. It was all, and you can, if you read the issues, and we will give some reading recommendations later. There's all kinds of coded language or not so coded language where everybody communicates their true feelings of why they don't think this is the guy who should be taking Steve's place as Captain America. And there are going to be a lot of, and there will be, might be other reasons why people don't want Sam Wilson to be Captain America. But when he doesn't, when he chooses not to take on the mantle, I think there are going to be, we're going to find out that a lot of people are very, very happy about that. And clearly if John Walker is in this story and he's going to be U.S. agent, he is somebody, or many somebody's, handpicked choice to be the new Captain America effectively in the MCU. That Sam Wilson is not the guy. John Walker is the guy we need. He gets our endorsement. And then, of course, that's going to come to a head with Sam and probably Bucky as well, eventually doing battle with, uh, with U.S. Agent. I totally think that's going to be a part of it. Is it's not just Sam's struggle with Captain America, but it's how the world sees this transition. Yeah, there's... So there's a couple things that I think that we're going to see. I, I think that we we know that Falcon and Winter Soldier have, they didn't always get along, but there's definitely, there was something, there was, there was definitely something towards, you know, they kind of were hinting towards. And I think one of the things that I, I love, one of my favorite moments of Endgame actually is when uh, Captain America is giving Falcon the shield and Bucky nods. It's, I love that moment. I love it. And this is where I think that Bucky might be that Tony Stark from that run that I was originally talking about, because I think what Captain, like, I love what you're saying about Bucky. Like he could have told Bucky, like, this is what I want you to, you know, this is what I want you to do. You need to tell Sam that he needs to be Captain America. And I feel it's going to be basically Steve is going to tell Bucky, you need to be what you were to me. 
back in the day for Sam. And that's what the only, my only request for you, because maybe, you know, maybe you had that scene you're talking about where Bucky is in a, in a Steve or talking, but either way, Bucky could even tell, like, you don't even need Steve there. I think it would be even more dramatic to have Bucky tell Sam, listen, I made Steve a promise for saving my life and, and, and taking me out where, you know, where he could have given up on me. He didn't. And so therefore I can't give up on Steve. And he, I promised him that I would watch out after you like I did for him back at world war two. So now you're stuck with me, whether you like it or not. And I feel like that's going to be kind of the tension between them. It's not going to be like, I hate this guy, but it's like, I, I can't get rid of Bucky because he pretty much is whatever. He's, he's stuck with me and Bucky's probably telling him you need to be captain America. And he's like, you know, and he's like, I can't do that. And so I feel that that's going to be the tension between the relationship is that Bucky's going to have this obligation and, and not because he doesn't like Sam, but I feel, but again, I think it's because he, he owes Steve and knows that I have to watch out for this guy, not as sidekick necessarily or as mentor, but as a partner and, you know, someone that he, that they will share that thing to share this role together in a sense. And I think it's going to be basically Bucky trying to convince Sam that you are meant to take this mantle and that and it's because it is Bucky that knew Captain America and knows what it takes to be Captain America because he, he was his best friend and fought next to him, he knows. So I think there's a lot of great, there's a lot of potential. And again, I'm, assume, I'm assuming the show's going to be great. And Marvel has not let us down yet, really. And, and even though I haven't loved, loved everything, it's hard for me to imagine that with the, I've loved pretty much anything with these characters in it hard for me to imagine that they would it would all of a sudden just be not great at this point and i feel like there's so much potential for great moments and i'm not just talking about action i'm talking about drama and then that's what i love about these characters is the fact that what what they're playing on is one of my favorite aspects in comic books is when they have to take up the mantle and they don't want to i love that stuff again it's that whole classic hero right where they're being called the action and they want you know and they don't want to, and they reject the call. And that's very traditional hero storytelling. And I feel that this is where that's going to be. And it's going to, what was, what exactly is it going to take for Sam to take that mantle? And I wonder, not wonder, I, it probably will be John Walker. It's going to be John Walker coming into that role and convincing him otherwise. And we're not, we're not to John yet. So I'll save my, my talk for him. But, but I will say as far as Bucky and Sam, that's what, that's what it's going to take and that's what it's going to be is going to be Bucky in my in my opinion urging Sam to do it and it's going to take something for Sam to know I have to take that mantle on next and then Bucky hit pushing him that way yeah and I think it's not just I mean Bucky I think can be a part of it but I think it's also Sam Wilson coming to terms and, and shifting his perspective from whether or not he thinks of himself as being worthy of it to forgetting all about that because Steve has already deemed him worthy and Steve was better qualified to make that judgment than anyone because Steve was Captain America and wielded that shield for a long time. But the other thing that I think uh, that I think Sam is going to realize throughout the course of this story, and this plays into some of the things that were that happened in his books because at one point in time in those books he actually gives up the shield and he stops being Captain America. And then he's Captain America again. And then he gives up the shield at the end. It's comics and they reset things back to the status quo after Secret Empire. But anyway, there was a time when he gave it up. And what he realized when he gave it up was how much it meant to everyone else that he was Captain America. 
how much it meant for because Sam didn't there was a, a huge part of Sam and this might also be by the way part of Sam's uh, part of Sam hesitating to take the shield is it might not just be about worthiness part of the reason why Sam stops being Captain America in the comics and and this is something that has happened with Steve before as well so it's not it's not just a Sam Wilson thing but Sam of course had his own reasons for it Sam wasn't so sure that he really wanted to wear the flag that he wanted to embody that because he wasn't so sure what that flag stood for anymore and if it stood for the same things that that he was stand that that he that were important to him that he believed in and then he reaches a point where he realizes well what other people saw when Sam Wilson had the shield and when he was Captain America is they almost saw him taking back that symbol so that it could mean what it was supposed to mean and not mean what it had been corrupted into. And so that could also be a big part of this. I, I expect this show to be very, very relevant, uh, very, you know, very timely and timeless. I expect that to be part of this story. I don't know how, but I think that's going to be incorporated into it. And so I think it could be very, very powerful. And that's something that Anthony Mackie actually talked about uh, he was interviewed by Deadline a number of months ago, and here's what he said about uh, about taking on the shield and becoming Captain America. Quote, you know what? To be honest, it's very emotional. I've been in the business for 20 years, and I've been fortunate enough to do some amazing stuff and work with amazing people. For me, to be a black man in 2019 and be given the helm of Captain America with the history of black men in this country is a monumental step, not only in entertainment, but also in my life. It's been extremely emotional. Look, my grandfather was a sharecropper, you know what I mean? There's a lot of history and pain and triumph and joy that comes along with me being Captain America, end quote. And so I, I think that what Anthony Mackie said there was beautiful and, and very profound, but I, I also think that it feeds in. I don't think he's the only one looking at it that way. I don't think that, that it only dawns on him what this means for Captain America, for Sam Wilson to become Captain America in the MCU. Whether or not he stays Captain America or if they change things later on down the line, but Sam Wilson is going to become Captain America, I think, by the end of this story, perhaps by episode five. That's just me calling it out because I really want to see an entire episode of Sam Wilson as Captain America in episode six, so that's just what I'm hoping for. I don't know when we'll actually see him in a new Captain America costume, but I do think it's going to happen, and I, I honestly can't wait, and it's going to be such an incredible moment when he puts on that suit for the first time uh, fully aware of what it means, not only to him, but to so many people looking up to him to be a symbol of hope uh, and to be something that that flag has stood for, be again, before it was corrupted or, or misappropriated. So I really can't wait to see that moment. I think Sam Wilson's journey in this show is going to be just so fascinating, and I, I think it's going to be really emotional, and I, I, I just can't, as I said, for the third time can't, or fourth, can't wait to see uh, what they do with it. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's talk about Bucky for a little bit. Hmm. Bucky's in a really interesting spot. I'm wondering why, the other than, I guess it's just the schnazzy character name that everybody knows, but they're still calling him the Winter Soldier in this title. But the Winter Soldier, I mean, I can't believe that's an identity that he really wants. I know he hung on to it in the comics as well, so maybe they'll explain why he has kept that name or that code name. Maybe he will. Maybe maybe he wants to change what it means to be the Winter Soldier. Maybe that's his uh, thinking with it. Or maybe they just call it Captain America the Win or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and nobody ever actually calls him Winter Soldier. I don't know. But more important than the name 
is just where Bucky Barnes is at. I don't think he feels like he should have been the guy to wield the shield. I don't even whether there was a conversation with Steve Rogers or not. I think Bucky realizes that his past there's just too much red in that ledger to ever be the guy who who wields the shield. You can't be the guy whether you were responsible for it or not, whether you were mind controlled or not. You can't be the guy who murdered Tony Stark's parents and also be Captain America and murdered a lot of other people, by the way, just the, the Starks perhaps being among his most famous victims. There's just too much baggage there with Bucky. But that also points to somebody who wants redemption. And it's one of the most low-key, it's one of the, the low-key saddest lines in the entire MCU when we first see Bucky in Avengers Infinity War and T'Challa and Okoye walk up to him and they hand him the uh, they hand him his new arm, probably a vibranium arm or whatever. And Bucky just says, "Where's the fight?" And he's just so resigned to his fate in that. And it's great performance, great little piece of acting there by Sebastian Stan to just kind of show his heart sinking, his disappointment, because this is just kind of what his life is. Even if he's fighting for good, all he's been good for since he signed up, since he went to World War II, has really just been fighting, and that's been his entire life. So much so that when he was the Winter Soldier, he was only brought out of cryo-freeze in order and to go fight, to go kill someone, and then put right back in it. So I think there is this tremendous, there's a tremendous sadness within Bucky. And I think as he's trying to figure out what his place is going to be in the world, I think he wants to try and heal that in some way. And I think he, and I don't know what exactly that path is for him. I don't know what healing, what it would mean or what it would take in order for Bucky to heal and to feel to come to terms with his past and forgive himself, because as he says in Civil War, he remembers all of them, to forgive himself for all of those all of those sins that he really wasn't in control of, and then actually move forward. And that's a very easy thing to say by us. It's easy enough for that, but I think it's really hard if you whether you were whether you were in control of yourself or not if you remember the things that you've done it's really hard to move forward uh, and forgive yourself and just feel like you're now okay and that's going to be something that i think bucky has to come to terms with in this series and that's where again the the emotional arcs for these two characters in this series i, I think they're i think they're just massive yeah i think bucky is like I was kind of saying before, he's going to be a really interesting character. In, in fact, I would say I, I like the idea that it is really both of their shows. And I think that's what's really going to be fascinating because we, we assume because we also know we have the U.S. agent in Sharon Carter. So it's going to be an, an ensemble piece. And I like the idea they're not just calling it Captain America or they're not calling it just Falcon. It's Falcon and Winter Soldier for a reason. And I think it's because it really is going to be about both of them. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Sean, that this is going to be a very much a redemption arc. Now, I would say for for me um, that I would say that I, I like the idea that Bucky could be Captain America. And it, but it's also because I, I love that run with, with Brubaker. And I thought Brubaker did a great job of, of, of creating that uh, Captain America Bucky aspect and how he basically he basically became a better person by being Captain America, not, not just because whatever, like, oh, it's, he actually learned because at that point he, just like how he is in the movie, he became a, he was a killer and all this other stuff. He was brainwashed and there was a lot of guilt there. You're right. And that, that is where I think the drama really sits at 
with him. Um, we already already went into about Sam's drama, but you're right. The guilt aspect where he is is very much going to be the focal point of the series. And I think in the comic, that was the same thing. And it was when he became Captain America, he re- I re- he really started forgiving himself and becoming a better person. And I always thought that was a great uh, a great thing about that that run. So. I would I would say that you're right for the most part about Bucky, but I would also say I could I would still have I'd be okay with him being Captain America just because of that comic book. If if I had no prior knowledge of the comic, and I know you've read some of that stuff too. Oh yeah, but for me, I've read all of Bucky Cavan. Yeah, so for me, it's easier for me to swallow. But it's also because I have that coming into it. Sure. So I and so that that's what I would say with that. But as far as Bucky himself, I would in, in 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 this. You know MCU vacuum, if you will. I will say that it does make more sense for for the Sam to be Captain America at this point, because because obviously because at this point in the MCU he's and even the comic books I guess also uh, Captain America has worked most recently with uh, with Sam, so it makes more sense. So I feel that with all of that baggage, it makes sense that in the MCU version of Bucky, he necessarily wouldn't want to take that mantle because there's a lot of pressure and, he, and like you said like when he's just working on he's working in Wakanda on, the, on like in the, on a hill just hanging out and, and then when he come and bring him his arm he's just like Ugh. he does not look stoked to fight nope. and and I think that's going to carry over into this series and I think that's why I think we're going to get I le- you hit on something I think is perfect and I think this and I didn't even think about it until you said it I think it very much is going to be him not taking Captain America Name, the Captain America name and making it what something for himself and, and, and writing it, but rather the Winter Soldier name and making it amends for the sins of his past that he he, he wasn't in charge of, but he's going to make better on. And I think that to me is what's going to be his compelling character. And I think that's why probably it is called Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's going to be Falcon as he's not ready to take that mantle of Captain America yet. It's going to be Winter Soldier. So it's it's so if I'm if I'm guessing correctly. It's gonna be probably Bucky encouraging someone to take a mantle and for themselves that they they've earned, and also at the same time him doing practicing what he preaches. Right, he's gonna to have to take his own mantle, it, and it also very well could just be they never call him that ever again. That's just what his superhero name is, and and which is very much an MCU thing. Let's be real here, but at the same time, I I there's a lot of again there's there's really good drama there that I think they could play on, and I think they probably will. So. Yeah, I think Bucky is going to be, in my opinion, Sam's, I think Sam's the main, if I had to, you know, say how, how I think how it's going to work, it's an ensemble piece, but Sam's going to be the focal point, obviously, but, and, and Bucky's the second, the, the supporting character, but I very much think that that support, he's going to be the integral part, if that makes any sense. It's not going to be his show, but he's going to be the, like the heart of the show, if that makes any sense, because it's going to be him pushing Sam and him finding the redemption for himself as well, which I think will be the crux, you know, moral crux, especially with John Walker as the opposite. If he's anything, anything like his comic book counterpart, which we'll get into in a second. So I'm, I mean, as far as the two of them, it's a really great combo because the MCU has done a great job of creating a, a really, really great personalities with these characters because Sam, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's super different from the comic books, but he's a little bit different. Uh, at least for me, I, I just for the little bit I've read of, of Sam in the comics, he doesn't seem like the same Sam necessarily, and and that goes for Bucky too. Bucky's a little bit there's a little bit of uh, difference there as well. I'd I'd say so, which I like both versions to be honest. So 
I do like the, the personalities that the MCU has crafted with those two characters and the chemistry they have together because they definitely have chemistry. Civil War has totally t- showed us that, and it's great. So I'm really excited to see that going forward. And, yeah, I think Bucky will be the heart of the story. He won't be the main part of the story, but I think it'll be the heart of the story. I mean, there's going to be something about him. I mean, he's taking on something else. I mean, he has, in the concept art that they show in the Expanding the Universe special, he has a new arm. It's It's very... United States flag. It's a blue arm instead of the silver vibranium or whatever's been in the past, and it's a white star on it instead of a red star. So there is some new identity, and and again, then maybe it's trying to rehabilitate the image or the legacy of of what exactly it means to be the Winter Soldier. But a lot of interesting things going on with Bucky, including the return of Helmet Zemo, because who could have a bigger beef with Helmet Zemo than Bucky? Maybe, arguably, T'Challa. T'Challa's got a pretty good case to be just as angry. Although T'Challa had his moment with Zemo at the end of Captain America Civil War. Bucky never really had that with that character. And so there's certainly going to be a part of that where, you know, Zemo exploited Bucky's past and Bucky's programming as, as the Winter Soldier and made Bucky kill again or framed Bucky. And, and I don't know, that, I don't think Bucky actually killed anybody in his breakout. Uh, in Germany, but I think he did. Uh, he, I'm sure people got hurt, and so that it was still more of you know using Bucky's uh, programming and his time as a Winter Soldier against him, and and I'm sure that's going to have a lot to. I, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of revenge that Bucky's looking for, but I also think that that's part of Bucky's arc and, and Bucky's journey, and it's a very common thing for heroes is that if they're on a path toward redemption, revenge doesn't really offer redemption, and so I, I think for Bucky it might be finding a way to see beyond that. And certainly his first instinct might be to just kill Zemo, but then maybe he'll find out that there's another path. Or maybe Zemo's role in this show is not what we would naturally assume it's going to be. And that's something else that we have to kind of factor in. So we might as well talk about Zemo Mm. a little bit. So uh, I I think at this point I want to, and maybe I should have done this at the top of the show, and I'll try to make a mental note for future episodes on the Expanding the Universe series, Anything we talk about here, this is all based on our own thoughts and speculation and any information that's been officially released. We are not commenting on anything based on any set photos, because I know for all of these things that are in production, Falcon and Winter Soldier, The Eternals, WandaVision, and soon enough, Loki and Shang-Chi and everything else, we are not talking about that kind of stuff. We are trying to stay as spoiler free as we can. Any spoilers that we end up talking about on this show is either because it's it's not a spoiler because they've already talked about it and, and released the information officially or we're just guessing. So we're not none of our opinions or anything like that because Paul and I both avoid most spoiler stuff that's out there. I mean, inevitably you see some of it, but Paul and I usually tread lightly on those things. Uh, so and, and also just out of respect to the filmmakers who make this stuff to allow them to reveal these things and surprise us in time as they as they want to, as they see fit. We want to afford them that ability to surprise us. And so and we don't want to spoil anything for you because I think most of you would rather not be spoiled on these things. So um, once we get trailers and stuff like that, any details that those reveal, then we will, of course, circle back and talk about those things. But if it's in a paparazzi photo, we're not talking about it. So everything that we're discussing here. It's just based on that, and it's also not based on rumors that are popping up on this site or that site or anything like that. 
We're just going off of uh, what we think and the speculation that I know is going to come up when we talk about Zemo, for example, is something that we've speculated about before. It's not a reaction to any other rumors uh, that may or may not be flying around right now. So with that disclaimer out of the way, uh, Paul, let's go ahead and let's uh, talk about Zemo a little bit. I don't think this guy, Daniel Brule, was brought back for one show. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know what his role will be in this show. Antagonist feels like a very natural thing, but Marvel Studios also likes to subvert our expectations a bit. So if everybody's just thinking that Zemo's going to be an antagonist, and quite possibly that's how he will be framed when the show first starts, in the first few episodes, but at some point, I think we're going to find out that there's more to this, and I think it's going to set up a much larger role for Zemo, and it could set up a much larger, and it could set up the next thing that Bucky goes and does in his uh, superhero career. Yeah, Baron Zemo. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on here, and I think that the fact they added him in this is 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 going to be really interesting because yes, you're right. He did press the buttons on Winter Soldier and caused him to, to riot and do all this. And obviously, he has a you know they made him have a very tragic background. There's more of a there's a, actually in my opinion, well I'll say it this way: there's a better reason for him and his motivations as far as why he's doing what he's doing, not what he's doing, but at least why as far as motivation goes compared from the comic books. Because again, he was the result of his family being destroyed by superheroes, right? And and that that there is a lot of tragedy there, so you can at least understand a little bit of why he would be very much insane and want revenge on all these people. And and, and essentially, he still won in Civil War. It's not like he lost. He he ended up he ended up getting captured, but he still won. And so you got to think that where where we all last saw him when he was on uh, the raft or whatever. And what we don't know what happened between uh, Winter or excuse me, uh, Endgame and or excuse me, Infinity, yeah, Infinity War and and Civil War. We have no idea what happened between there and after um, Infinity War and Endgame. So we don't really know what exactly happened with him. And for all we know, he could have broke out between uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and then they just haven't really addressed it because of whatever. And that would make a lot of sense. And I think that with that. What what, is, what has he been doing? Obviously, we got the amazing tease of his of his costume. Oh, I love. Yeah, he's got, he's got that costume. purple mask finally. Oh, which is beautiful. Oh no, beautiful. It looks, it looks great. It's it's a it's a perfect translation from the comic to screen. So as as we've seen it so far. So with that, I think there is going to be. I think it's definitely going to be something where Zemo is going to try now with the results of the of the end game happening and Captain America being gone. He's probably going to feel like it's my turn to really show why you know the heroes were wrong. And now this is where I think is very is is interesting. Now, now again, like Sean said, people, I'm just speculating, but you got to understand that when I speculate. I'm not saying I'm a Noster, Noster, uh, a fortune teller or whatever. Nostradamus is what word. you were going for. There. I could, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I can't say big words, which is fine. So, with that, I want you all to know that if I do get this, I'm not saying I'm going to, but if I do guess things right, it's because the comics do inform me. So I, I can't help with what I say. So I'm gonna say something. I wouldn't say it's informed speculation because, like Sean said, I don't read spoilers because I don't want to know anything because I already know too much because I read the comics. So. 
That being said, with John Walker's inclusion and knowing, and I'll talk about his inclusion here in a minute. We keep teasing him. Um, but with his inclusion, where his original storyline came from, where Baron Zemo comes from, especially with his background with Thunderbolts, I have to kind of wonder where exactly John Walker is coming from. Is it from potentially the government or is it from Zemo? Is he a, is he a double agent? Is Zemo behind everything? What exactly is he doing? Because in the Thunderbolts, Baron Zemo hides himself as a character named Citizen V. And it revealed, after you read the first issue of Thunderbolts, it's revealed that the all the characters that the Thunderbolts are that are there, because the Thunderbolts are a response to the Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee re, uh, returning to Marvel and grabbing the Fantastic Four Avengers characters and moving them to a different universe. And when they do that in the comic books, there's a gap. There's no, or there's a, there's an emptiness where a void where the, the Avengers and Fantastic Four were. So what Baron Zemo does, he gets all his his partners from the Masters of Evil, and they dress up as superheroes and say, "We're the Thunderbolts," but it's really the Masters of Evil. Now I wonder, and obviously, obviously the Thunderbolts have turned into something else in the comics now, which is basically like almost like a Suicide Squad. Now, what's interesting is. What if that is essentially what they're doing here, but we don't know everything? What if John Walker is working for Baron Zemo and Baron Zemo is working from behind the scenes a little bit? And and again, we'll get John Walker in a second, but I wonder if that initial Thunderbolts idea, at least from that premise, is what's going to be maybe what Baron Zemo is doing in the uh, in the series where it's revealed later on as like a a gasp. I don't know. Maybe it's Baron Zemo really, but you know, or, he, or we all know it's Baron Zemo, but the characters themselves don't know it kind of a thing. Right. So I wonder if that's, what's going to happen. And then at the very end, be, because again, I, we all know Daniel Brule is coming back and he's not coming back just for one TV series. This guy, Baron Zemo is coming back for a while. And I think that with his character, it's not going to be a redemption thing for him necessarily. But I kind of feel it's going to be one of those things where they, where he's he's kind of masquerading as a hero, or he's have, leaving people that are masquerading as a hero, and then all of a sudden, it's going to be them defeating him, and then it's him kind of like, well, if I can't beat him, join him, kind of a thing, or or I have no choice, or whatever, kind of kind of aspect, because he's already got a taste of it, and he may kind of like it, but he's still a bad guy, if that makes any sense. So. And also, he, maybe at the very end, where he's maybe hasn't necessarily done anything horribly wrong, but he he's fighting you know Falcon and Winter Soldier, and it's him realizing that you know what you guys killed my family or people like you killed my family, I'm I want to say in what goes on with you guys going forward, I want to be because I can do it better than you can, and that's what I wonder if if Baron Zemo and the Thunderbolts, at, not in this series, but that's what it leads into because. I think Zemo still has a hang-up. And I think that's going to be his motivation, obviously, for the whole MCU. So if that's the case, then you got to think that there's... And he's the main antagonist in the series. It's going to be that, or it's him wanting revenge, but it's him coming to the very end of that... Rev- not him you know, resolving his revenge, but at least coming to the terms of, you know what? I can do this better than all of you. You guys are terrible at your jobs. I'm going to do it better because I made a deal with the government or something like that. So... I feel that's what it's going to be at, and, and they're going to use. And I talked about with with Bucky and with Sam, they're all going to have different aspects of, of their lives that they have to come to terms with. Well, it's funny I'm saying all that because look at Baron Zemo, right? He's got to come to terms with what's going on with his family and his motivation. So that would be an overarching arching theme 
for the whole series. So I think that that's going to play into it because I think he's again he's an anti-hero at the end of the series, not a villain, but an anti-hero. Yeah, I think I think this is queuing up Thunderbolts in some way, shape, or form. I don't know exactly how, but I do believe that's happening. It's something that we have been speculating about for months. But when you have Zemo, and you have, as you mentioned, his specific character motivation, it's really important in the MCU and how different it is from everything else. He's not Hydra. He's not, you know, no affiliation with the Red Skull or any of those things that are part of his history in the comic books to where you would say the idea of this guy being being an anti-hero and having any form of redemption is ridiculous because it is ridiculous in the comic books, but the reason he gets away with it is because he takes on a new identity. But for Zemo, I mean, they could do the Citizen V thing, but they don't necessarily have to. Yes, he did some terrible things, like he murdered a bunch of people at the UN. That happened, including King T'Chaka from Wakanda. So I'm not saying that it's easy for him to be redeemed, and I don't think he would be redeemed in some big public way, but he was a member of that death squad in Sokovia. He does have a military background. He's obviously very good at what he does. He is talented, even if that talent is for death and destruction, but he can be effective, and I think that, I just think it's there. And, you know, his motivation, he lost his family, and that was what he responded to, and obviously he didn't, he responded in a way that you could condemn him for forever, and most would and most will in the MCU, but for some people, they might be, they might take his motivation and allow that to cloud their own moral judgment of him and just say, well, he had a reason for what he was doing before. It wasn't good, but he was lashing out. He was lost. And now we think there might actually be a good man there somewhere underneath all of this. And he also just so happens to be really good at things that we need that that we need done. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring him in. And that's actually something that we've also speculated before, Paul. I, I mentioned that this could be something that sets up because I, I don't expect the Thunderbolts roster to because ne- nothing ever is. I don't expect it to necessarily be like for like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where the initial Thunderbolts roster is the exact same as it was in the comic books. I, I don't really think that the MCU gets to tell its own version of things. And I think Bucky could be mm. on the Thunderbolts in the MCU version. And that's where I could see Bucky work in. And we have talked about this before. So this isn't like, based on anything else. And, and I mm. promise there's no spoiler knowledge behind this. But I just think Bucky and Zemo working together, I mean, it kind of goes into that thing with Black Widow that I talked about and that, you know, uh, the idea of forgiveness and sometimes that sometimes forgiving yourself or in order to forgive yourself, you might have to forgive someone else in some way. And so is there something where is it going to be part of Bucky's redemption arc that he doesn't just immediately go after uh, revenge with Zemo and maybe that ultimately leads to Bucky working with Zemo? I could see that happening, and I could see them being part of, you know, that that initial part of a Thunderbolts team, if, or I should say, unless we meet a member of the Thunderbolts team in Black Widow, which is also possible because that film, the next chapter of the MCU, that come, and the only one that comes out between now and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Kevin Feige has said that that film is going to have things that carry forward in the MCU. One of those ideas could be the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolt Ross is in that movie. Granted, so far, we only know of a time that was even pre-Iron Man 2 of when he's in the movie. But we could see a more modern, present-day version of Ross in that film as well. 
And that's where we could see the idea of the Thunderbolts. Or even if it's pre-Iron Man 2, uh, Ross, he could still be talking mm-hmm. about the idea of putting together a team. And if we know that that's a thing that he always wants to do, and then maybe the next step we see that taken in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I could see Zemo being a part of that, obviously, based on his comic book history. But I can also see, uh, I could also potentially see Bucky being a part of that. Because I, I don't know if the plan for these Marvel Studios series, I mean, in some ways you'd say that won't happen because don't they want a Falcon and Winter Soldier season two? And you know what they might, but. So far, that's not the way these series have been described. They've not been described as ongoing things. Now, neither was The Mandalorian, and that's fair to point out. So maybe there will be multiple seasons of these shows. But Marvel's got so many other Disney Plus projects, I don't know that they're going to immediately be able to do a Falcon and Winter Soldier follow-up series. Kevin Feige has described these as limited series. He's described them as event series. And so I'm not necessarily counting on a Falcon and Winter Soldier season two. So maybe Bucky and Sam establish their bond and establish their friendship but maybe they ultimately still part ways at the end of this because Bucky goes off to be with the Thunderbolts and Sam goes on to be Captain America and he's going to go ahead and he's going to lead uh you know he's going to perhaps be one of the you know either the leader or one of the leaders on the Avengers if they uh, re if they reassemble sorry uh in the future of the MCU and I totally think they're going to so we could see something like that I mean although this you know this very patriotic uniform this new costume for Bucky has me thinking maybe he won't necessarily be on the Thunderbolts but that's just something that I have on my radar but we'll see what happens with it I do think Zemo is the perfect character whether he ultimately proves to be an antagonist or not I do think he's a perfect character to challenge Bucky and I also think he's a perfect character to even challenge Sam Wilson a little bit it may maybe it's not as personal as it is with Bucky but it still makes a lot of sense for Sam Wilson because Zemo is a guy who might feed into as as Sam is trying to figure out what it means to be Captain America. Zemo is a guy to challenge that because Zemo was the guy who showed being an Avenger wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. You guys left a lot of destruction in your wake. You left a lot of people hurting. So just because you got a fancy uniform and a cool shield that doesn't obey the laws of physics... It doesn't mean that everything you do is okay. It doesn't mean that everything you do is justified. And so that is some, that's where Zemo uh, can confront Sam Wilson and challenge Sam Wilson in a way that maybe isn't as obvious as we would expect for Bucky. Uh, before we talk about John Walker slash U.S. agent, let's talk about Sharon Carter a little bit. I don't really know what she's doing in this show. I, <laughs> and I, I'm not, I don't mean that to say she shouldn't be in the show. I think Emily Van Camp has done a great job with that character, but she was definitely sidelined after Civil War. Uh, they never circled back on the kiss that well, they never had to. They did. Steve and uh, and Sharon acknowledged that it was late, and then Steve actually went back to live with Aunt Peggy. So that was definitely you know the, the kiss is a thing that everybody will probably try to pretend never ever happened. But uh, as far as Sharon Carter goes. It's going to be interesting to see where where she fits. Is she still part of the CIA? Was she able to cover her tracks for having helped uh, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson and Bucky in Captain America Civil War? Or if she was found out, then she probably would have been dismissed by the CIA. She probably would have had to be on the run. But we we also don't know what the Sokovia Accords mean these days. We don't know if they still mean anything at all. I mean, maybe after all these heroes sacrificed themselves and, and saved everyone in Infinity War slash Avengers Endgame, 
maybe everybody stopped worrying about all the paperwork and, and the government sanctioning of superheroes, but some of that must still be in play somewhere because you have U.S. agent who's probably going to be the hand-picked Captain America replacement for some members of the government. I don't. I think he will have some government backing. I don't think it's just going to be. All, I mean, maybe it'll be people. You know, private sources, private funding. But I think it'll probably have a government aspect to it as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what Sharon uh, what Sharon Carter's role is uh, in this series. But with six episodes, I do hope that if she's in it, we really get to uh, expand that character and get to know her more and see her as being more than, you know, a potential flirty love interest for Steve. I mean, she did have some cool moments, like in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and the way she stood up to Brock Rumlow, and in that firefight, like, that was all cool, um, and she did do, uh, and I liked her role in Captain America Civil War, but I feel like there's, if you're going to bring that character back, uh, then you should take take advantage of all the room there is to expand on who this character is. Yeah, I think that Sharon definitely got, a little bit of the short end of the stick in Civil War because they definitely were setting her up to be something in in Winter Soldier, and she plays a giant role in the Captain America comics, and she's obviously a big wig in, in Shield at the time or in in the comic books, and it's a it's a big deal, and I feel that and again I, they had a cor- they definitely course correct maybe because of Spider-Man and they had to do more s- stuff with him and, and Iron Man and, and whatnot and I th- ultimately we got I think a great movie the, don't get me wrong it's one of my favorites of the MCU but she definitely got that character and the actress definitely got the short end of the stick after the build up in Winter Soldier now with all that said I have to think Sean that this is where the redemption of her as far as not her literal character but just the at least giving that character some substantial stuff to do and um, give him some, some neat story to kind of work with is going to be in the series. And you got to wonder if, again, she's going to play in the part of that whole shield and the whole Captain America mantle and whatnot and how, she, you know, what she thinks and, and what she, again, what is shield after, um, after uh, end game? Where is all that? Maybe she is that gateway into that. Maybe whatever that is going to be, whether it be S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, is going to be through uh, Sharon and Maria Hill. And maybe Sharon is going to be that new director or something like that. So I have to think that, because again, she's a big wig in the comic books in S.H.I.E.L.D. And that is was definitely missed in these two films of Captain America. I feel now they have an opportunity to really play up that character and talk about you know, Bucky joining the Thunderbolts. Sharon could join the Thunderbolts. That's man. true. I mean, you could easily, you could easily give her as their she instead of Maria Hill or whatever, uh, or even Thunderbolt Ross. It could be Thunderbolt Ross giving Sharon the Thunderbolts to run, and this is that precursor in that series because now she could be whatever Thunderbolt Thunderbolt Ross is a part of. He's going to put her in charge because of her ties with the Avengers and Captain America, or both Captain Americas if you if you think about it now with you know Sam and and Steve. So where does that all fall into? And again, I, by the way, I love the idea of, of winter soldier joining the Thunderbolts because he did join the Thunderbolts at one point, but I had stopped reading it at then because it just got kind of too, too ridiculous, but that's a whole other story. But as far as Sharon goes, I feel that they're going to give her, they're going to give her something to do. And, and not just because like, Oh, we feel sorry. We need to do this for, you know, the make whatever. I really do feel there's going to be a, a, a substantial, legitimate reason for her character because she is a substantial, great character in the comic books. And I feel like 
I feel that they they know they missed an opportunity, and, and I just I just I feel that it's not going to be that way in this series, especially the fact they brought her back. Like you said, like we don't really know what she's doing here, and I feel that that's that's a great moment for us or a great thing for us because we don't know what to expect. And but I, I mean, as far as I expect her to. There's something substantial going to happen with her. Either she joint or she's running Thunderbolt. She's you know she's brought in to work with Zemo. Because think about her, you know, in a in a spinoff movie with with Thunderbolts, and she's you know the one going off of um, Daniel Bruhl. Think about that. Like how cool. Like, you know, thinking about this. Um, in the, in the uh, Thunderbolt comic books in the Warren Ellis run, which is a great run by the way. It's post uh, Civil War, the Initiative run. Basically, anything written by Warren Ellis with the Thunderbolts is great. Read it. One of the things in that series is that you had Norman Osborn play off of Songbird. Songbird was the the only character in that team that was actually a good person. Everyone else was awful. Well, Radioactive Man, too. But the, what was cool is you got to play off of Norman Osborn and her you could see that exact dynamic in that movie with Thunderbolts with if you introduce Sharon Carter and she's the good person and that Baron Zemo's the evil person. You had those two dynamics working against each other. I like there's something good there and there's, they're both good actors. So, I mean, that's you're just you're set up great. So I feel that that's where the, the potential could be headed. No, I definitely think that there's potential for that. I mean, if we're looking at Thunderbolt Ross, I mean, who's in charge of the Sokovia Accords? Ross. And... So the idea, I mean, the Thunderbolts could have been in the works again for longer than we realize. And so maybe at some point between Civil War and Infinity War or in some point in the five years, I mean, there's a lot that we don't know, but maybe Ross caught up with Sharon Carter is like, well, you violated the Accords, so you can go to prison or you can join my new team. The The setup doesn't really have to be much more complicated than that as far as how she could, uh, how Ross could potentially compel her to join that squad. So the last character that we want to highlight here in this conversation is John Walker, AKA us agent. So Paul, I will, uh, I will cede the floor to you. So John Walker, as far as where, why I'm excited about this character is because in the, in, in the comic books and, and we'll talk about in recommendations a little bit more about that was where as my background with him goes, but John Walker is this He's basically the all-American prototype man. It's he, you know what he's like. I, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Um, oh my gosh, the guy in First Avenger that says that is a, is should have been the, the given the formula. What's his name? Hodge. Hodge. Yeah, could not. I wanted to call him Will for whatever reason, but I think it's Gilmore. Gilmore Hodge. Yeah, Your Majesty. That's right. Yeah, line. yeah. So Hodge, basically, John Walker is Hodge. So he's the all-American, big, bulky, big oaf, basically. And but he's the but he's that prototype person where he's, you know, he's a guy who probably played linebacker and, and was an amazing athlete and just has guts and whatever. I mean, obviously Hodge didn't have guts, but he this character he's a good person, but he's also kind of like a meathead a little bit. And he's a little bit of an oaf, and he's just kind of whatever. And he's, but he's also a little crazy. He, he, exactly, he's got a temper. I would, well, in the in the comics, they play up on the idea that he's a little crazy, but I would say he's more. He's just got he's got a temper. He's he's a little more of a loose cannon. I would say. I wouldn't say he's crazy, but he's definitely he's definitely a loose cannon. 
Um, with John Walker, I wouldn't say he's crazy, but I wouldn't say he's not crazy either. There you go. I could say, I, I, you know what? I can, I can accept that. I can accept that. So John Walker is what I think what, he, what this series is going to be is the fact that there's, there's a couple different angles and I, and I do definitely like the idea that he could be, he could be played by Baron being played by like he's being like uh, puppeted by Baron Zemo either knowingly or unknowingly. And I think it would make sense that he would be unknowingly being played by him. Uh, so I think there's definitely going to be a tie there because of where the comic book kind of, where he first gets introduced and he kind of is a, a, a pawn basically an, an unknowing pawn, I would say, but basically he takes the mantle of Captain America in the comics because Steve Rogers rejects it and the government basically takes a hold of it. So I got to think that the government taking a hold of Captain America is going to play a probably some kind of part in this series. It's not going to be like the main crux, but I think that's where maybe part of the problem why Sam maybe can't be Captain America right away is because maybe the government's like, well, we don't know because we control the rights of that character. And, and again, I, I love that aspect of the original comic book that it, and it came from. I'll talk about that later. But John Walker was then brought in for their Captain America. It was the government's idea to bring in this character. And so with all that said, you, I think John Walker is going to, you're going to see why Sam needs to take that mantle of Captain America. He's going to, he's not going to necessarily want to take it. But what's going to happen is you're going to have John Walker, the U.S. agent. He's going to take the mantle and he's going to represent Captain America. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to screw it up just like in the comics. And I think that's where you're going to have this is why I was kind of like you're going to have a resistant Sam want to take the mantle saying I'm not worthy. And then someone else is going to take it and he's just going to be like, you know what? I it's I can't do it. And he's going to see someone be awful about it. And you bring up that you know, the fact he's a little bit crazy, not crazy, a little bit crazy. We'll take it. I'll just say, I'll leave it at that. I think there's going to be a, a great, or not great, but a moment where it's going to be very obvious why Sam has to take that mantle and not John Walker. And I think that, again, John Walker will not be played as a bad person, but it's going to show why he's not right for Captain America. Make, make the, very, uh, the distinction now, folks. He's not the right person for Captain America. Superhero, sure not Captain America. So I think that's what's going to be interesting about this is what exactly does John Walker do to not earn the Captain America title? Because we saw this, the very, you know, again, this is not a spoiler. We saw a glimpse of the U.S. agents, uh, or as I would say, the Captain America costume for John Walker in the promo shot. And we saw a concept art or a mock-up of him as uh, Captain America U.S. agent or whatever. So I think that's what, you know, we know he takes it. That's, that's very obvious. He takes that, you know, right away. It seems like, or it's, it's in the show. So I think that to me is what John Walker is going to represent. What's why the, the mantle of Captain America just can't be anybody has to be someone special. And that's why John Walker is being brought into this. Cause when, cause we didn't know he was brought in when it was announced. So when we got Endgame and then we had the title, we're like, oh, okay, this is oh, it's gonna be about Captain America you know, taking the shield. But then when I heard it was John Walker, I went, whoa, they're they're going they're gonna go really deep with this because again, they really want to sh- explain why Sam has to be Captain America, and that's why I think he will become Captain America for at least one episode, Sean. And that's why I think they're gonna be building up like how. When Feige says event series, this is what the event series is going to be because it's going to be setting up basically three to four, not three, four, but two to three films in this series alone. And I think that John Walker is going to serve that purpose for why Falcon 
has to take the name Captain America. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to be part of it. I, I think the only thing I'm not as convinced on is I'm not as convinced that that John Walker won't definitely be a bad guy in this. And I know that in the comic books it's a little bit different, but most recently in the comic books he was more antagonistic towards Sam, although he did have some reservations a little bit before he actually took the job and really had to be talked into it. So there is something about John Walker that feels uh, like he's uh, he is redeemable. He's not. He doesn't seem like a purely bad guy. But at the same time, I mean, if he is, if he's going to ultimately represent what's wrong about it or what can be the harm that that symbol can do if it's misused, then I do think some of that needs to fall on John Walker himself and, and not just be another puppet. I mean, if because if they do the thing of, well, whoever wants him to be the new cap is controlling him and it's a very winter soldiery kind of thing. Uh, now I just talk myself into it because I'm thinking, well, that feels a little redundant, but maybe that's another thing that's exactly what Bucky needs is to save somebody else from being programmed. And maybe that's who John Walker is in this. Boom. I don't know. So um, like I said, if I keep, the longer I keep talking, I can talk myself into any scenario in the Marvel Cinematic yep, Universe. Yep, yep. Uh, so there it goes. So yeah, I'll just go ahead and I'll call that a coin flip for exactly who John Walker is and, and what he stands for in this one. But either way, I agree with you that the net result is going to be that John Walker in some way is going to show that he is definitely not the right guy and how harmful it is to have somebody who's not the right guy in such a powerful and such a meaningful position when you think about what Captain America means to everyone. So that's where Sam is going to reel. I think that will be part of it. I think there will be other things that motivate Sam to ultimately take on the mantle of Captain America, but having a guy completely misappropriate it with John Walker or the people who control him or the people who influence him, uh, that will certainly be one of the things that makes it clear to Sam that, look, I need to, someone needs to step up and Steve trusted me to do it. And I would rather go with Steve's recommendation, even if it's me, than whoever the rest of these guys with an, their own agendas are trying to put in this position. So I, I totally agree that that is going to be a part of it. So overall, I just think this is going to be a fascinating show. I'm glad that this is not a movie. I'm glad this is something that we're going to get to spend more time with than we would if it was a movie because we have a lot of ground to cover for Sam, for Bucky, as we've talked about in this episode. Plenty with John Walker, plenty with Zemo, plenty, I hope, with Sharon Carter. And those are just the main characters that we know about so far. I mean, there are probably going to be other characters that we don't know about yet who are going to play a factor in this series. And I can't wait to see how all of it unfolds. I'm looking forward to us getting our first glimpse of this series. I don't know when that's going to be. Eternals is an easy guess for a teaser trailer because April and time for Black Widow coming out on May 1st. I have no idea when we're going to get our first look at the Falcon Winter Soldier. I guess it would make sense to me that you would drop a teaser trailer whenever you're, uh, whenever you feel comfortable from Marvel and Disney's perspective, announcing what the premiere date is going to be for Falcon Winter Soldier. That's what makes the most sense to me, but I don't know uh, when they'll decide to go ahead and drop that teaser trailer. But hopefully, it won't be uh, too long. If it's not, if it's not around the time of Eternals, I don't think it would be very long after. We may actually get a Falcon Winter Soldier teaser before we get a teaser trailer for the Eternals. But anyway. Let's go ahead and let's finish up with some reading recommendations. So I've got a few. I've got your Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes homework. Paul's got you covered on your John Walker homework. None of this is homework. You don't have to do the reading, obviously. Uh, but 
if you want to get a sense of these characters at moments similar to this in their lives in the Marvel Comics canon to get an idea of how maybe, you know, some ideas for yourself, not just our ideas, but ideas for how you think some of those things might be applicable to the MCU. These are some reading selections that we think will help. So my first selection or my first recommendation is all new Captain America, the 2014 series. And when I talk about these titles, I'm referring to how they are listed in the Marvel Unlimited subscription service. I'm sure if you search the issue numbers, uh, as well as the if you give the year that I mentioned here, uh, you should be able to find the trade paperback that or trade paperbacks that collect these issues. So all new Captain America 2014 issues number one through six. This is the very first arc of Sam Wilson being Captain America in the Marvel Comics universe. Uh, I also recommend reading Captain America Sam Wilson from 2015. You might also see it referred to as Sam Wilson Captain America in Marvel Unlimited. It's listed as Captain America Sam Wilson. So I recommend reading issues number eight, uh, issues 11 through 13. This actually features a battle between Sam Wilson's Captain America and John Walker's U.S. agent. I also recommend issues 18 through 20 and issues 24 and 25. These cover some of the reasons why Sam decides to give up the shield, give up the Captain America costume, and then ultimately put it back on. And I think some of the reasons he puts it back on in the comics might influence why he wears the the Captain America costume for the first time in the MCU. And then if you want some Bucky material, I recommend Captain America 2004 is the year listed. Uh, I recommend issues 25 through 36. This is Ed Brubaker's Captain America run, or a small piece of Ed Brubaker's legendary Captain America run. And this is Bucky Cap. So 25 starts off with the death of Steve Rogers, and then it goes through the transition of who's going to wield the shield, and then Bucky ultimately becoming the new Captain America. You can keep reading from there, and you'll probably want to. I actually recommend going back and reading issues number tw- number 1 through 24 <laughs> before you even get to 25, because Brubaker's Cap run is fantastic. That's where this whole Winter Soldier idea came from in the first place. But anyway, specifically... If you want some Bucky stuff, 25 through 36. And the reason I chose that is Bucky's mindset without having Steve Rogers around. The one guy who still believes in him, who believes redemption is possible, that guy's gone. So who is Bucky in the face of that? There's also a lot of good uh, Sam Wilson material in there as well. So I do think there's a lot there that you'll find interesting. Not everything there is applicable. This story is in the in the death of Captain America. Spoilers. Sorry, these comics are years old, but... Uh, this is all in the wake of Civil War and the assassination of Captain America, which you see at the end of uh, in that issue 25. But uh, even though the circumstances are very, very different, I do think there are some things from the, an emotional standpoint for these characters, Bucky and Sam, that could be transferable and could have an influence on the MCU. So those are my reading recommendations. Paul, I know you've got another one. Yeah, so... When I think of Captain America, I rem- I always remember the early or excuse me the late '80s, early '90s, and the writer for Captain America that I only knew for the longest time was a writer named Mark Grunewald. And Mark Grunewald was he's like a comic book legend essentially from inside the, the from the inside I would say not really known outside as a legend, but in the comic book world, very much so. He was an editor chief. Uh, for Marvel for a long time while he still wrote Captain America. He wrote Captain America for 137 issues. So he, and now I'm not going to say that every issue was phenomenal and it was like the best run of all time. I mean, he very much was a writer of his, of his, of, of the, of his day, meaning he wasn't deep, but it wasn't, it 
wasn't just it was very much a callback to like the Stanley stuff and, and, and whatnot. It's not the, the best dialogue, but I think that some of his ideas were just amazing. And he wrote some great, great Captain America stuff that people don't talk enough about, in my opinion. And the one that I'll probably talk about right now that I that I've been talking about a little bit here is the his run where he essentially created John Walker, uh, the Captain America slash U.S. agent persona. And it was, uh, I'm getting the issues right now. Let me see here. I had it right here a second ago. It just disappeared on me. Uh, I believe it's 332 to 350. Uh, and that's in the Captain America volume 1, 1968 to 1998. So what happens is, and I, and I want you guys to read it, because there's definitely, there's definitely some twists and turns in it, which I was which is really, really cool. Um, but basically, yeah, 332 to 350. There's also an Iron Man tie-in at some point with issue 228, but it tells you when you read the comic. It says, continue to Iron Man, blah, blah, blah. So you won't miss it. But basically, it's where Captain America is talking to the government, and government says, hey, we actually own the shield. We own your costume. We own you. And he says, no, you don't own me. I am in charge of me. No one's in charge of me. I should be in charge of myself and the story. And when he basically told the government, no, they said, you need to turn this over. And he said, sure. See you later. And he had no problem. And I've, I've talked a lot about that in their podcast of why I love Steve Rogers is that he's more than the shield. And the shield doesn't mean anything to him as far as like who he is as a person. And that's why he has no problem just being like, you know what? See you later at the end of civil war. I've always liked that because that is very much to me, Steve. And that's not the first time he's done it. He became nomad in the comics too, where he ditched the shield when he when his ideals didn't reflect the ideal uh, what America was going through at the time. He ditched the persona of Captain America and became nomad because he he didn't feel it was right. And again, I love that aspect of Captain America because I feel that's very much what doing that itself is a, a very American thing because he doesn't feel it's you know he should be able to have that right to do what he wants. So with all that said, this these this long run from 332 to 350 is about basically Captain America going and becoming uh, the captain, the U.S. agent character essentially, and then John Walker being recruited from the government and becoming Captain America. So it's it's really fascinating to see these vastly two different characters work and kind of eventually build up towards a climax of, of issue 350, which is a great book. And I don't want to spoil it. There's a lot of surprises in it. So uh, don't do yourself, do, do yourself a favor. Just read it. It's, it'll go by fast. And you'll get a real, I think to me, this is what John Walker really is a great representation of. And this is why he still exi- uh, lasted for so long. So I would definitely read that before this, this series. Because I think this is going to be a heavily influenced. Because it it's, it's regarded as a, a, one of the better Captain America stories. And Mark Grunewald, I felt, did a great job. And there is some actually great dialogue in that series. I even posted some of the, uh, a page from it uh, a couple months ago uh, when I was reading comics. You know, reading a bunch of Cap comics at the time. And I was just looking through that. And I'm like, man, this is so good. I think it was for 4th of July I posted it. But... But anyway, yeah, he, there is some great writing from Mark, some of his best, in my opinion, uh, in that series, or in that run, so, uh, that storyline. So, yeah, definitely read that. And what Sean said about the the very, the very first Sam Wilson Captain America series, written by Rick Reminder and by drawn by Stuart Inman, that is my favorite Sam Wilson Captain America stuff. I think it's really, really good. And I definitely, and it definitely, not only is it great, 
but it's also got it's just entrenched in like Captain America lore, which I love. I, I love anything that's like it goes in deep in the past and connects things. And, oh, I love that stuff. So there's a lot of that in that first ish, um, six, seven issues of that run. So def, in my opinion, if you had, a, if you were listening to me only, which you, you obviously all listen to Sean more than me, which I totally understand. But if you, if, but if, but if you do listen to me, the three people who listen to me, I will say read captain America issues, three thirty two to three fifty, and the tire, the Iron Man tie in issue. And then read that Falcon, uh, that first Cap, uh, Falcon captain America run. I think you'll be definitely ready to go. And again, you can't go wrong. If you haven't read the Winter Soldier run from Ed Brubaker, and then also you haven't read Captain uh, Bucky Cap, you got to read that too. So there's a lot of reading that, reading to do. But yeah, to me, I would say read read the Captain, read some Bucky Cap, then read that first. It's, yeah. it's good reading. Yeah, you, it's good you reading. Will, you, will, will not, yeah, you will not regret it. You will not be sorry at all for the time that you spend reading it. And that Brubaker run I've read, the entire thing i think i've read the entire thing twice by now like it is and it's a huge run but it's a lot yeah it's fantastic it's and uh and i'm i haven't read the run that you're talking about for john walker and u.s agent but i'm definitely going to be checking that out because paul will not lead you astray on comic book no. recommendations so yes. um nor any other recommendations Aww. except well maybe one maybe one right now but maybe, maybe <laughs> two maybe two that's a whole that's a whole other yes. podcast that we recorded <laughs> and is available on another feed. But anyway, um, yeah, these uh, reading recommendations, and it's not homework. It's just really fun comics to read. And I didn't pick these just because the MCU connections. I made sure that they are also enjoyable books to read that you might that you will actually have fun with. Um, not that all the stories are fun. Some of them are, are dark and tragic, but it's all still, as we said, really good, really enterta- uh, really entertaining reading. So that is where uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our Falcon and Winter Soldier discussion. Next week, of course, we will be talking about the Eternals, or at least the Eternals is up next in our Expanding the Universe series. The only way we wouldn't be talking about that next week is if there's some other topic that's so big that it takes precedent over our Expanding the Universe series, which we are open to should something pop up. But as of right now, I think we're uh, I think we're okay and, and we're headed toward uh, headed toward the Eternals for our Expanding the Universe series next week. So make sure you keep up with us in all the places that you can. We have our Marvel Studios News Instagram account. We have Marvel Studios News on Facebook. We're, of course, on Twitter. That's at Marvel Newscast. You can see us on the website, marvelstudiosnews.com. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Also check out my other Star Wars podcast, The Saga Continues, with my good friends uh, Kyle and Tim. Also my other Star Wars podcast with my good friends Megan and Saf. We're on the Den of Geek Podcast Network. Uh, that's called Blaster Cannon. And also my good friend Chris Clow, who sent me that, that delicious Garrett's Caramel Corn. We're on a podcast called The Comic Binge. We just put out a Star Wars comic, uh, kind of a loosely Star Wars comic issue so uh, or episode. So definitely check that out. And uh, Chris is picking up the next, next set of comics to binge. So look out for that. And if you want to find that podcast that I was alluding to earlier, it's on Fandalorians. It's our Rise of Skywalker spoiler review if you want to check that out. Or just listen to Fandalorians, although John and I are due for a new episode on that one very, very soon. Uh, but anyway, that is where we're going to wrap up this week's show. Thank you, as always, for checking in. Don't forget to head to our Patreon if you're not there already, patreon.com slash News, because there will be a Patreon credit scene for this episode where we're going to be talking about the future of Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark in the MCU or lack thereof. But for now, for Paul, for Marvel Studios News, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 